here's the scary similarities. I had an idea just like Karsten. I started the company with a mill just like Karsten, the exact same mill. And I went around in the trunk of, in my Subaru. I didn't have his car, but I had a Subaru Outback and I drove around uh, California in Nevada and, uh, and would sleep in the back of the car and, and sell putters and do demo days. Uh, uh, you know, just going on straight, hire a babysitter for my daughter. And then I'd, I'd hit the road and then come back. Put another log on the fire. Nobody here is getting tired. Welcome to the fire pit with Matt Janella. Thanks again to Joe Horowitz for our theme song. In case you missed it, we produced a podcast on the writing and recording of the song with Grammy Award-winning producer Jakir King, which Joe called The Story. If you haven't heard it, it's worth scrolling through our archive and listening in on the process of producing a song from start to finish. As for this story, how and why Bill Pressey invented not only a putter, but game-changing putter technology... How and why a guy like Sam Hahn would push all in and evolve and grow Pressy's invention in a way that it ends up in the bag and hands of Lucas Glover, who used it to win back-to-back PGA Tour events in 2023, we're just getting started. In part one, you hear from both Pressy and Hahn how and why they met and you get a sense of why they work so well together. While Pressy had a good idea, he needed Hahn for capital, rebranding, and to get the unconventional tool in the hands of prominent influencers and tour players. But before we go any further, another quick appreciation for Dormy Workshop, the Canadian-based company that only makes quality handmade leather goods, such as custom head covers and accessories. The Bishop Brothers are good golfers, good friends, and we're lucky to have them putting our logo on their products, all available at firepitcollective.com. For their complete collection of originals, head covers, and classics, go to dormyworkshop.com and use promo code FIREPIT15 for 15% off your next purchase. For a quick recap of part one of this series, Sam Hahn is an Oregon-based golf enthusiast who managed a band and a bar by night, played a lot of golf by day. And on one day in 2017, Bob Duncan, Hahn's friend and swing instructor, presented a new putter. Bob comes up and you know shows me the reno 2.1 by a company called directed force at the time was how it was kind of branded and i was like what the am i allowed to swear yeah of course you are yeah yeah i was like what the fuck is that like barf like full-on barf i mean it was just the most ridiculous looking thing i'd ever seen i was like there's no chance i'm putting with that duncan doesn't take no for an answer you know the, the the revealer is profound i mean it's incredible to see a putter flopping around and not doing what you know the golf putter gurus of the world have told you told you a toe hang putter is supposed to do or a face balance putter is supposed to do and then you see this one staying square all by itself and it's intriguing so he's like just give me nine holes um grab a cart went out on the golf course um and i one putted the first seven greens for a total of about 150 feet worth of putts like lots of people who get past the look of what was directed force and now lab golf, the investment for Han was paying significant dividends. There's no more tinkering. There's no more tweaking. Like this is the this is the putter. It stays square by itself. So all I got to do is let it. And so I went through my own process in figuring out how to utilize the technology, and ultimately ended up with a very different technique um, than I had ever used uh, with a putter. And then and then the results became off the charts. So. Starting then, after I kind of found my groove with it, I was a one handicap at the time. I was a plus three and a half six weeks later. Han says there are four very serendipitous moments in this company's history. Ironically, the first is when his putter breaks. One of the fun things about these putters is that because, you know, when you start spinning them around, there isn't some massive torque pulling it one direction or another. This was kind of like my fidget. Right. Like I'm just always walking around the green, spinning the putter, spinning the putter. And one day I'm spinning it and I hear a little click. That's not good. And I kind of go, you know, kind of go like this with the head. It goes tick, 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 tick. I'm like, fuck. Bob Duncan strikes again. I knew Sam's background a little bit. And uh, I knew that 
if I got him together with Bill, they'd, they'd probably go crazy. Bill Pressey on chemistry. When Sam called me, <laughs> a head fell off, of course. Um, so he's like, hey, you know, my head fell off. And I, I kid you not, as soon as I heard his voice, and I think you've probably experienced this, I was like, this guy. It was game on. They were about to close the doors, and um, I'd asked Bill to put me in touch with the guys that he was partnered with, um, worked out a deal with them. Um, me, my dad, and my brother uh, all put everything together and and bought out Bill's existing partners. Um, and that's how the whole thing, that's how Lab started. So then um, at, at that point, uh, so that was late 2017. I think we were um, officially, you know, business married in early 2018. Um, and we were off to the races and, uh, or so I thought. Sam possessed the traits I don't. And, and, and it's a ham and eggs thing. I'm, I'm a, a complete, uh, inventor wild, you know, I, it's, you're not going to rein me in ever. <laughs> and so, uh, which is not a thing that you want running a company. And so, um, so Sam possessed all those skills and, and once, uh, you know, he, express interest in in doing a buyout um and and we could buy out the company and i'll come along and we'll reform another company um we we did that so consider yourself caught up and we're going to get to more serendipitous moments in this company's history as it relates to tim wilkinson jeff sluman vaughn taylor kelly slater adam scott and then we do a deep dive into lucas glover and lab golf's impact on his career but before we get to all of that, those people and players, I felt compelled to go back a bit. Lie, angle, balance. I understand what all those things are. But is that the es that's the essence of all of this? That is the essence. It's it's you know, like if you're gonna like summarize all of that, that's the magic dust. Lie angle balance is the magic dust. Absolutely. Bill's invention is the magic dust. And when you get to talk to him and find out how he came up with this, it's it'll blow your mind. I mean, a happy accidents, man. Incredible, incredible just stars aligning for him to discover this thing because it's so fucking simple, right? Like, why wouldn't we? Why didn't somebody think, shouldn't we have the putter balance to go where the fucking ball goes? And nobody thought of it. And he uh, and he did. And so, yes, that is the magic dust. And what the magic dust does um, is unlock people's potential. And that's why we play golf, right? It's because we know that the potential is there. We know we know that we could have shot two shots better every single fucking round we play. And um, and with lab, um, you get that much closer. The hope the hope becomes real. And um, it's a lot of fucking fun when you get these things dialed. Meet Bill Pressey, a 54-year-old journeyman. He's a good player, an instructor, an inventor. He told me that as a kid in McQuan, Wisconsin, in a basement tinkering with clubs, his grandfather once told him, there are four ways to making money. You can win it, marry it, sell it, or invent it. The, take me back to the beginning. Why or when or where did you get the idea that you had some sense of technology that was game changing and that this was something you were willing to kind of push all in on. Uh, gosh, it must've been 2012 or something. Uh, I missed the Monday qualifier for the Reno Tahoe open that I was playing in. And I just hit the ball tee to green. This, I think I hit 16 or 17 greens and ended up shooting 72. <laughs> and I just about, I'm go home and cut my wrist. But uh, <laughs> uh, so it was really the the thing I did. I had a Ping CU five face balance putter from from the Ping Works department. You know, custom machine line in it and everything. And I I back in the day when I got in the golf business. This is in the 80s, early, mid-80s. They had the Cobra tricep putter. <clears throat> and it would go outside your arm. So you'd hold it down here and the shaft would slide outside your arm so you couldn't do any wrist motion. And it was, it was the tricep putter. So 
I had one of those and I, and I, I cut the grip off my ping and put a, uh, you know, a steel shaft extension, just wedged it in the end of the shaft so I could lock it outside my shirt and start making strokes. And my hands were so greasy uh, from, you know, like the sun lotion and uh, sunblock and my shirt was slippery and it was a little sweaty and I could not keep that putter face square just holding the steel shaft that kept rotating a rotating face is the issue here and it becomes a theme it's the basis for pressy to keep tinkering and testing if face balance putter isn't staying square which i could see just in my or just holding it on my shirt um then then maybe these other putters have some something different that i was never told as a young professional and um, long story short, I, I, I go and I, I, I say, well, I'm going to make something to hang the putter because people aren't going to believe me that this tricep, uh, that I'm doing that. And so I invented their first revealer in my garage with, a, with an old handrail stick and a, and a shelf bracket and a string and a, and a hook at the bottom. And I could just suspend putters. So I went down my arsenal of you know, 50 something putters and none of them, none of them did what I thought they were going to do. As we learned in part one of this series, Pressy's homemade revealer is key to this story and ultimately the success of his brands and the business. It was a cobbled together tool that he eventually made out of a crutch, the type you'd use if you broke your leg. He used the two metal rods of the crutch and created a bridge between the two rods that he could suspend any putter from, which ultimately revealed the marketing behind face balanced and toe hang putters is just that, marketing. And that both types of putters, face balance and toe hang, required manipulation by the player to get the putter face back to being squared impact. So the revealer, the next stage of that was, was like a cane like an old man's cane instead of the stick and hook and then then i took it up to the broken crutch and the broken crutch got quite a bit of attention <laughs> early on in the forums there's crazy guys out there with this broken crutch well you you hold the putter why and so we said well that got quite a reaction and it's showing that all these other putters are it's just mismarketing, you know. It's no, no, in no way in physics does a face balance putter stay square to a straight back straight through. There's absolutely zero connection. One more time, because I know this part of the story, it's technical. The term face balance is in reference to the idea that if a putter is suspended perpendicular to the ground, the face of the putter will sit square to the sky. A toe hang putter, if suspended perpendicular to the ground, the toe of the putter will point down at the ground. And if you hear the term torque, that's the twist of the putter face and any additional weight you feel as the putter head is opening or closing throughout the putting stroke. What Pressy is trying to create was a putter with no torque, a putter that essentially didn't twist or turn as you make the putting stroke, a putter that actually did what face balance and toe hang putters claimed to do which is be square at the point of impact and get that ball rolling online pressy didn't stop tinkering and testing until he achieved lie angle and balance for his setup and putting stroke in in my mind you know being the creative type i i already envisioned what it should look like right you you gotta you gotta grab onto something and say this is what it should look like regardless of your predisposed thoughts or 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 expectations of what something is doing when it's not doing and um so i just went about making something that did what i thought it should look like which is triangle balancing and it started with the old betonardi hourglass big ben putter uh, i had a i had a knockoff of the big ben uh, from an in his own diamond tour component company in Chicago. Anyways, it's a great little platform because it's aluminum and it's flat and it's got all the, the holes running through the side. 
you know, if you look at the side of a big bent putter, there's all these little holes. And so they take weight and they put it in the front and back, but on top it looks solid. But the inside, it's all wafered out. And I'm thinking, that's a really good idea. Listening to Bill Pressey can make my mind feel wafered out. And I'm guessing you might feel the same. But that's exactly why he was capable of inventing the original directed force putter, and no one else did. Another quick step back in history, and important to note, it was 1976 when Raymond Floyd used the Ram Zebra putter to win the Masters. The Zebra was among the first D-shaped mallet putters that was, quote, face-balanced. When the Zebra came out, that was kind of like, it was hot and heavy on the market, and Ping was losing, Ping was getting their butt kicked in sales. And I was, I was selling them. I was in the shop in the 80s, you know, fitting and selling Pings. And, uh, and all of a sudden, the Zebra and, and Ray Floyd came out. So, so then Ping's counter to face balancing was, well, the putter doesn't really do that. We have toe hang. Toe hang flows. And there was nothing to substantiate that. This was just a marketing tool to, to stop the bleeding, uh, a term that was developed to stop the bleeding to face balance because the face balancing was the greatest buzzword that had come out in putters since whatever, heel-toe waiting. So the, the whole story, you know, of how we got to toe hang and face balancing, and this is just my opinion, 40-something years in the business, uh, it came, came about when, uh, when Ray Floyd was started rolling the, the, the zebra and Ping was getting crushed in the pro shops and so they decided to come out with toe flow prior to this and if you go back in the history books toe flow did not exist before face balancing in any marketing or advertising ever it was not even talked about until face balancing came out almost 30 years later what pressy came up with where he inserted the hosel and how he manipulated and placed the weights throughout the manufactured knockoff putter head he had, his garage invention did in fact stay balanced throughout the stroke and was square at impact with no manipulation from any outside agency. He achieved lie angle balance. That's what his revealer in fact revealed, not only to Pressy, but eventually the industry and marketplace. Once I had the product doing what uh, the original protos doing what they were supposed to do, then I started expanding and making the, the revealer. Uh, well, I took it to work at the time. I was the director of instruction at golf tech and, um, you know, just teaching, 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 teaching. And so I, I take it to work and show some of my clients and, uh, they were blown away, you know, putting their putter in this little funky looking broken stick thing and spinning around. And they're like, well, what does that mean? I hold the putter. I'm like, well, I know you hold the putter. You hold your steering wheel on your car, too. But your car drives straight, right? <laughs> Bill Pressey got the patent for his product and his brand, the Directed Force Putter, in 2014. My initial launch of the company man, did I get some heat and some angry folks. And, uh, and then a lot of great, a lot of great comments and those outweighed the angry ones. And, uh, the revealer was then like the thing. And, and, and so, um, that showed really what was happening. And from an unbiased perspective, um, when you're going up against marketing dollars from major OEMs and you don't have marketing dollars because, you know, the people can be brainwashed and, and through marketing. And we see it right now in our, in our social um, and the media and just in, in Americans in general, it's real easy. Well, one thing happens and, and then the next person is just assumes that that's right. And so the revealer was great because it cut through all of that and there's no batteries. It's just gravity and no smoke and mirrors. Here's what your putter's doing. Um, it doesn't flow. That doesn't stay square. And so there were, there were years and years of uh, 
you know, just trying to make headway in the industry and in overcoming the perception and changing the paradigm of what we perceive a putter is doing because of marketing dollars and a message uh, that was sent out over generations. Like I was one of those pros. You probably were too. Uh, that for, I don't know how long I thought face balance was going to be square back, square through. It's just not. And the, and so as, as a connoisseur of golf clubs and a master club repairman and, you know, I'm the, I was like the go-to guy for golf tech for clubs, um, like on the national level. And, um, I was so embarrassed. I was kind of mad. Like I really was, I was, you know, director of instruction. I, and people, well, what I, my word carries credibility. And so when I'm talking to my clients, credibility and accuracy of comments and accuracy of information and, and what you're telling people has to be good. And so, yeah, I was pretty offended as a pro um, when I found out that when I figured out none of this was real. And so lab was ultimately started as a, as a desperate attempt to fix my own yips because I had the yips really bad. Um, like I was shaking, like the putter, when I took it back, maybe rotated in 30, you know, three different directions by different degrees. It's just, do, 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 do. I couldn't stop it. The USGA and RNA announced the ban on anchored strokes, all anchored strokes, not just putting in May of 2013. And although it wouldn't go into effect until 2016, Pressy had to go back into the garage and back to the drawing board and called a slight audible on his invention. The original grip was called the billboard bill. And then this grip was 21 inches and real wide. And there's a flat grip that's, that went outside your arm. The USGA changed those rules. At the time I had just 3d printed the original press grip, which was not lab. It was just a, it was just a tricep locking grip to bring the, the tricep putter grip back into the mainstream so usga dropped their ruling about anchoring which prohibited tricep locking um and that that type of nature so when i got back and they did that uh, i realized that my original putters that were just shafted in the back um were not balanced and that's where it all kind of like I did grips and then, and then they changed the ruling and then I took it off and then I re removed the shaft to a balanced position. And, uh, this all happened. Like, I don't know if you remember when they changed the rules that came about pretty quick. Like there was a little bit of chatter about it for a week or two and then bang, it's, that was that. And so I was in the process of trying to start my, my first company at the time. <laughs> based upon these rules and they changed the rules like that and uh so i scrambled to invent lab because i couldn't lock it anymore and that's how the the balance thing kind of came about you know i was i was tinkering this is all over the course of like two weeks or some three weeks or something i asked pressy if he had any financial backing or partners who were helping him produce his product I was teaching and one of the guys I was teaching at golf tech owned a, a piston company. And so he made pistons for race cars and, and he had basically the ability to make putters. I, I saw that right away too. I was like, well, <laughs> I know what machines you need. And, and so he had the capability and um, the passion for golf. And so did I. So, uh, you know, he was my original partner and I was, you know, I was the brains, he was the money and, um, and the, and the, the ability to, to manufacture and bring something to market. Um, and that was down in Carson city. So we partnered, uh, 50, 50. And, um, that's how we started directed force putters. In addition to the trials and tribulations of trying to invent a putter, the pivot based on changing rules and regulations, getting a patent, going to market, and competing with the power and marketing dollars of the OEMs, original equipment manufacturers, Pressy was a single dad, widowed in 2006. 
His partner and five-year-old daughter were in a car accident. His partner died. His daughter survived. Roughly eight years later, with his daughter at the age of 13, Pressy and Directed Force were forging the aluminum heads in Los Angeles. They machined the product in-house or through a local vendor, and the anodizing stage was outsourced. The whole thing was starting lab. We, I, I look back, I don't even know how I got off the ground. Because, you know, we were just shoestringing it. And literally, like, there was, there was, marketing dollars was zero. Like, and, and I'll tell you what's interesting, Matt. This is the first, I, I think most people would consider us an OEM now. This is the first time an OEM company from start to finish has been tracked on social media. Anything that was important through, from very day one to current, to current, I put on my social, my Facebook page. So all the old protos, all the old, you know, when Bryson turned pro, he was rolling direct to force and, and I had him down in Vegas. So all the, all the old protos, new accounts, the entire history of a company going from startup to boutique to OEM is all been documented on social media. First time ever. It's kind of cool. Bill, um, so 2012, 2013, 2014, how many, how many putters, how many putters are you selling per year? Like you out there, you're onto something, you've got this revealer. Some people are like, uh, quack, uh, bullshit. Get the fuck. Some people are like, yeah. hold on, let me see that. Let me try it. How many are yeah. you selling? You're going to merchandise shows. You're out of your trunk, basically. Yeah. How many are you selling a year in those first few lean years? You know, uh, I would order heads at like a thousand at a time, fifteen hundred at a time, um, and we would we would sell a few thousand a year. That's a lot. A few thousand putters a year. Yeah. 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 We would sell, you know, my demo and I'm going to, I'm going to give this a shout out to this guy. So there's a fella, he's a PGA professional and his name is Matt Holmes and um, he's down in Palm Springs. Now he was one of my early sales reps and he sold, we brought him in uh, as a sales rep for NorCal. And he was a fitter of the year in a Northern California PGA. He sold so many putters in one trip with his credibility and the revealer and some demos and a little pop-up tent and, you know, the, the table with the, with the directed force. He went around NorCal and sold so many putters. He had me back ordered for six months. Meet Matt Holm. He's a PGA teaching pro at Desert Willow Golf Resort in Palm Desert, California. Uh, 2012 was the first time I saw a directed force putter. I believe it was at a uh, like a local trade show in the Northern California PGA section. Uh, 2013, I'd seen several guys in our section use a putter. Uh, finished second. I finished second in the stroke play, so the senior stroke play at Half Moon Bay. And the guy that won it shot a 67 in the wind. Stuart Smith. I'm sure you know Stuart. A uh, great professional out of Reno, and he ended up winning the tournament, beat me by five, and then uh, uh, and then it kind of rolled from there. And I was I was not a, I was not a user at that point. I was a bullseye guy, right? So I was, <laughs> I was an old school. Uh, and uh, 2015, I uh, did a little shit on the radio with a uh, golf guy's radio show, AM nine uh, nine seventy out of uh, Modesto, and uh, he came on the show, and I just uh, talked about the putter a little bit, and that's how it kind of got started. Is Bill Pressey a genius? Bill Pressey is a genius. <laughs> Don't tell him that, though. <laughs> and uh, he's a very creative, outside-the-box kind of guy. And uh, he's one of these guys that uh, he has the uh, ability to look at something for what it is and not kind of what it's been marketed to. He's not a marketer. I told him. In fact, I ended up spending my own money. I said, hey, Bill, if you're going to do this, I'm going to spend some money. I bought a tent. I bought a staff bag with my name on it. I bought a tablecloth and had thing. He was basically operating it like uh, like a scientist, not as a marketing guy. And I've had a background a little bit. He was a PGA pro and managing golf courses and seeing presentation. And uh, he was not into that. He was just into this is how it works. And I said, well, Bill, you got to have both. 
to really be successful in this business. So I'm, uh, he, uh, he kind of jumped on board with that. And then uh, the rest is history. You almost put him out of business. You were so good at your job and doing what you did. You had him back ordered for like six months. He said you almost put him out of business. Well, I don't, I think that's kind of, a, he's kind of jokes about it, but yeah, I sold a few putters. I traveled around a lot. I had a, like I said, had a big Lincoln town car with a big trunk and uh, threw a bunch of putters in there in a tent and drove around. And I think the most putters I sold in one day, again, this is a putter that no one ever heard about. And a lot of these people that were buying putters weren't even in the market for putters. So I think they, my most I ever sold was like 16 in one day. Um, those small club, Turlock country, country club in Northern California, uh, great little membership there. But, uh, and then I kept calling them up and saying, when they're going to show up, when they're going to show up. And so it was like, he was, you know, hand making them in this friend's machine shop in Reno. And, you know, there's like one or two employees and it was, uh, it's hard because he was, you know, I was selling them much as I can. And then, you know, people are, they want it right now. So. Holm ended our conversation with some insightful perspective and a useful analogy. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I mean, I'm a big Ernest Jones fan, and a lot of people don't know Mr. Jones, but Mr. Jones was a very famous instructor. Unfortunately, he lost his leg in World War I. The end of his book, Swing the Clubhead, he makes a statement, and this really validates Bill's product. The truth is first derided and then debated and then accepted as a matter of course. So when I got in, everybody was like, oh, that thing's junk. Yeah, look at that thing. It looks like a spaceship. And then people started seeing what was happening. Then they kind of did a debate about it and started inquiring. And now it's like, boom, okay, now it's accepted as something that's really true. So it, it, it doesn't really validate it for me because I knew it. That I saw it and I understood it. Um, the only thing I had to do is I just had to change my perspective a little bit on how I teach putting. Uh, because a lot of it was just manipulation, trying to manipulation the putter, keeping pressure in a certain position. It's just like if you're driving a car, you, you're a kid and your dad hands you down a 20-year-old Lincoln and it always pulls to the right. And you just hold on to the steering wheel, the thing's always pulling to the right. And then you get in a new car and it's not pulling to the right. It's like, well, okay, I learned to drive with this car wanting to pull to the right. I learned to putt with the face wanting to open, but that's what this did. It doesn't want to do that. The face stays square. You're driving a car that doesn't pull the right. That's what it's basically a good analogy. Back to Bill Pressey. How, much were, you, how the, much were you selling him for? Oh, this, yeah. So I think when he first started, uh, it was like 275 or something. And I thought that was crazy. Uh, but I, so. Another key person in, in how this kept going is Stuart Smith. He's a PGA uh, member in, in the Northern California. He's an excellent player uh, on the national level, played for UCLA. Um, so he played with Todd Yoshitaki, who is the director of golf at Riviera. Um, and Todd is a super cool guy. So Stuart... Uh, called Todd he's like hey you got to check out this putter by this local pro and and so I got the invite to go down and do a demo day at Riviera um and I drove down in my Subi with a with a trunk full of putters I sold 20 something putters on that demo day at Riviera and and or no not 20 I sold like 12 and then Todd said I'll never forget this he says what you i the revealer and watching that uh, and you show people what their putters are doing and what your putter does. He says, my members, you could have sold twice as many putters if you would have charged three fifty or 400 bucks because they're not seeing the perceived value at two seventy five. If you charge more and sure, I shit you not. I, I ramped up to three fifty and I sold twice as many putters. I'm Stuart Smith. I'm the PGA Director of Golf at Somerset Golf and Country Club here in Reno, Nevada. Uh, that was that was certainly my initial tie-in with Bill Pressey. And after using a long putter for 19 years and, and the band coming with taking that anchoring out of my, my repertoire after a long stint, you know, I, I just, I, I, the, the lab putter was the way to go for me. So... Here I am. I mean, I've, I've used it ever since. 
Both Matt Holm and Bill Pressey mentioned Stuart Smith as a critical component to the company's evolution. I gave him a lot of feedback on on what I liked and he, I mean, I'm, I must have, I, I have quite a few of them here, even still in my office. I have a couple of the prototypes and, and, and grips, old, older, older grips that he used with the press grip. And I, I think, you know, I, he appreciated, appreciated me as a sounding board. He had, ex, he appreciated, you know, my ability at, at that time. You know, I, I played in some nice tournaments the last 10, 11 years. So uh, he knew I was a, a, a good accomplished player and, uh, of course, as is Bill, you know, don't don't ever sell Bill short. You don't want to give him to a side or anything. So um, th- that, that, that's how our relationship started. And we kind of went back and forth. He dropped some putters. I did I did some things here at my golf course, uh, trying to get the members involved with LAB. And I would say I have probably uh, 15 or 20 of my my members that use the LAB putter. And, and it's still... And and I get funny enough now as I, I'm a recognized fitter, I mean I get even I get calls all the time. I shouldn't say all the time. I mean I'll, I'll fit one or two every couple of weeks. It seems. I asked Smith what exactly he liked about the putter and technology. First of all, the feel. You know, I I know a lot of people sometimes maybe can't get over maybe the looks of it. I use I use the the big Reno slash two point one slash whatever we call it now, you know, the big mallet. So I think uh, just, of course, the the feel, uh, the solidness of the strike, and just in my mind, knowing that that thing depend ir- irrelevant of how long a putt I have, I know what's, I, I know the torque is absent. So to me, that's uh, allowing the putter to do the work, do a little bit more of the work. Meanwhile, back to Bill Pressey where there was maybe a little too much work for the startup? And this is a good time to set this straight. People think that I ran directed force, and I wasn't the brains. My partner, Scott, my partner Scott, was the con- company officer. And so a lot of the decisions were, are, were not what I wanted. And, and me being in the golf business, I'm thinking, you know, just if you just listen to me, we'll, we'll do good. But people want to make their own input and do things, you know, uh, the way you might run another company. Um, golf business is not like that. And, and you know that. Um, and so when um, my, my father, uh, who was kind of estranged for most of my life, um, he kind of came back into my life and he wanted to, you know, be involved and and i wanted him to try to you know because i had a granddaughter he had his granddaughter and stuff and uh and and so he wanted to uh, get involved with company and uh he invested a little bit and then he became the kind of like scott put him in as the company manager or whatever well i didn't i i don't i don't roll like that and uh so my father classic father son crap you know it, it, whatever you think could happen happens and and uh and so i stepped away uh because i didn't like the decisions that were being made um especially with some of the social media forums and and burning some bridges um and it was just it was not good and now we've come full circle 2017 this is when sam Hahn called pressy because his putter head had fallen off it was instant chemistry. Again, Pressy described the relationship as ham and egg. And once, uh, you know, he expressed interest in, in doing a buyout um, and, and we could buy out the company and I'll come along and we'll reform another company. Um, we, we did that. And, and so uh, I took, I didn't get, I mean, I did get bought out. But my my equity and shares and everything that I had just transferred into lab. And then we bought out the original investors and partners and and then Sam and uh, and myself and uh, his family, um, you know, the, the Hans took lion, you know, the lion share of the company and which is which was nothing new to me that I was never in the controlling seat. Um, so it worked out great. And, uh, and as we started lab over the years, it's taken a quite a toll, uh, on my, 
on my psyche. And, um, so I had to step away for mental health and, and just finding myself and, you know, society and, and, and just starting a company, um, you know, that they beat you up pretty good. And, um, you know, especially people feel threatened by new technology and, uh, and everything and just burn out. So I, I stepped away from day-to-day operations a couple years ago, uh, from lab to do some things and, and fulfill some of my own goals, um, that have just been totally swamped out and neglected by the, the enormous task of labbing, <laughs> getting lab to where it was and is, and, um, yeah, it, it'll, it'll take it right out of you. So, uh, it's, Sam is an amazing person because he can, he can do things that I can't do and vice versa. Um, but together it's, it's really a powerful, uh, concept. And, and, you know, when, when you're a CEO, um, you have to have a good product to be a good CEO. You know, you're not gonna, you're not gonna find same, you know, on the same thing, a, a good CEO can crash a great product. But you, those two have to exist coherently um, to be successful and to scale the company and to garner. You know, when we go out on social media now, I get a little respect. I mean, it, it, it's cool. Um, but, you know, for years, oh, my gosh, it was brutal. I just stayed off social media. And um, what, 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 were some of the comments, what, what were some of the comments that, that you remember? You- you know, per, probably personal, um, uh, calling you crazy. What, what, what? Oh yeah. Yeah. There's all sorts. Well, I put the hands on my putter or, you know, the, uh, the branding irons and at a certain point it became, at first it was pretty offensive, but you know, I got some stones. And so <laughs> I said, all right, well, I've called, I called the, the, the old power pod driver, some various things back in the day. So the branding iron and that, that came with the territory, but um, yeah, it's, it's really uh, when you, when you're putting something out there in the public, you, you, you're going to get judged and you have to accept that. Um, But when people start to get personal, that's where um, that's kind of where the line gets drawn. And, uh, no, people don't know my story. They don't know how much crap I've overcome to to be successful from. And I kid you not, I was homeless in 2000. Like literally homeless. And so, yeah, I mean, there's a lot. Uh, there's a lot more than than just like creating a putter to get a put, to get to overcome the crap that the big OEMs pull on you uh to you know to try to keep you out of stores or to keep you away from players it's savage savage and uh it takes it's exhausting so any I, examples I, I just, any spe- any specific examples or any stories you'd want well, to share? yeah i mean well here's an interesting story so when bryson turned pro i i flew to vegas or i drove to vegas brought him some putters Mike Shy, his coach was in sack. And so, you know, Mike had seen my putters through Stuart Smith and whatnot. Anyways, so you remember when Bryson went to this side arm lock or this side saddle thing that got banned? So I was at I was at Whisper Rock having lunch with McCord and he sends he leans over with his phone. He says, Look at this. And and Bryson was in his living room, his like his apartment living room, showing me the stroke that he wanted to do, and if I would make a putter that suited that lie angle, you know, eighty degrees and with this lean, and and I'm looking at the stroke, and I'm, I look back at Gary, I'm like, Gary, that's a non-conforming stroke, like that's that's an intentional breach of USGA wishes. I, I don't know how else you can look at it. And so he wanted me to move the shaft or make a really upright putter with with the the shaft length and the lean amount hand drilled so that he could do that. 
So, so, and I, and I, this is the biggest no I ever said. I said, no, I, I'm not going to do that because I think it's non-conforming and it's not in the spirit of the rules. And I just, I'm not going to make that. Um, so then the next week, two weeks later, he shows up at that, at that uh, Bears event, you know, doing his side saddle arm lock thing with the beer can, the half beer can putter. And then, and then the USGA saw that and they made, the, they made that guy's putter, which was conforming. They made it non-conforming unless he moved the shaft to the back of the head. That's how that stuff works. And if you get caught in those traps, the best no I ever said was right there because that putter is no longer in existence and they made him change the shaft location and everything because it could be effectively used in this certain condition of vertical. You said the uh, the biggest, the most important no you made was to Bryson on what would have, have ultimately have been non-conforming. What was your best yes? Uh, I was yes to Sam buying the company. And, and, and basically... Uh, because because I had so many shares in the original DF that I was able to kind of force a buyout. Um, and uh, that was the best yes. When he said that he wanted to to make a move at buying the company, that was my best yes. Yes, let's do it. By far. So that's Bill Pressey's story within the Directed Force Lab Golf story, and one that I really felt that I needed to tell before we can get to more of Sam Hahn's four magical moments that lead to Lucas Glover winning not one PGA Tour event using Lab Putter, but two back-to-back. Pressey's life is now very much in order. He's a grandfather, he's lost 50 pounds, and on Super Bowl Sunday 2024, he will be sober for three years. In episode three, you'll hear from Jeff Sluman, Vaughn Taylor, Kelly Slater, Adam Scott, and several other protagonists as we build to August of 2023. You went from like selling five putters a, a week or whatever the number was. We sold more broomsticks in the last week than we had in the last two years combined. Nobody here's getting tired Settle down and settle in The story here's about to begin The circle's starting to take its shape Seats are filled in the tired sun Plans and escape Everybody's got some glory Just wait until to unfold And everybody's got some story Just wait until to be told The place for that is here All those smiles and all those tears Let them go Put another log on Nobody here's getting tired Settle down and settle in The story here's about to begin Tales were told of war and gold Lovers lost in a lifetime's dreams that were sold Maybe you should stop and listen at the wisdom in the air Maybe you should pour your heart out, we ain't going anywhere Find your mercy in the sound The smoke gets pushed around 
Presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply.